It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. There are so many amazing free plugins available for download right now to help you with your production and mixing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash plugins to download and get access to a bunch of free and premium plugins on Plugin Boutique. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. One, two, three. Hello and welcome to Mixing Music. I'm your host, DK, and today with me, I have a very special guest, all the way from the UK, Streaky from Streaky Mastering. How you doing, man? Good. Hi. Hello, hello. And I know it's pretty late over there, I believe. Is that correct right now? It's getting on, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be leaving shortly. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this episode. Um, this is a really quick episode, and we've done episodes in the past about mastering and what uh it is and where it stands as far as from a mix engineer's point um but today streaky is going to help us understand what mastering is in the form of or how to prepare mixes for mastering if you're going to send your mixes to a professional mastering engineer which we always recommend um streaky is going to briefly overview some of the things that we should be looking out for as mixing engineers and how we can better prep those sessions for guys like streaky is that all right? Can we can we just have you take it away from there? <laughs> okay. Uh, if you're uh, yeah, if you're a mix engineer, basically the best thing to do is get it sounding as good as you can in your room because that's the that's obviously the best you can do. I would get I would always mix with a limiter so that you can hear how it's going to sound. That also gives me a reference to work against because I think a lot of guys as they're mixing want to hear get an idea of how it's sounding to as at a certain level as they're mixing these days. And a lot of people will do their own DIY mixing. So uh, mastering, sorry. So I would say do that, but make sure that you've got the limiter separate so that you can take that off afterwards. So you're not necessarily mixing into the limiter so that the limiter becomes part of the sound of the mix, but mm -hmm. so that you've got your mix sounding how you want it to be. And then at the end, you have a limiter there just adding a load of gain so that you can hear, get a rough idea of how it's going to sound. Because obviously, as you start putting limiters and stuff on in mastering, the snares and things are going to push into yeah. the mix. The, the vocals are going to push into the mix. And bass is a, is a big thing because you start losing bass the more you push into a limiter because... Obviously, that's where the most energy is. So as you push into the limiter, the ba the bass starts stripping down, so it starts sounding a little bit thinner. So to having that having that in mind as you're doing it is good. And when you take the limiter off, then you you're leaving it about minus five uh, ppm, which is good because then there's all the all the sort of spiky bits of the audio are still there, the dynamics, and it leaves enough room for me to do what I need to do or leave it how it is really. 
That's perfect. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like perceived bass versus like actual like analyzed bass is totally different as well. And I love how you said putting on the limiter so you can hear what it does to the bass as well as to the transients. How do you feel about getting mixes with limiters on them? Do you just say that's just not a good idea at all? Uh, ideally not, but if you do, you do. And it's just the way it goes. A lot of people do that. A lot of mix engineers kind of, if they don't know where it's going for mastering, they'll just do the master themselves. And so I'll get that. I've had that recently with some big artists and, uh, you know, they don't, they don't know. They, they're quite happy with the sound they're getting in the studio with the limiters on and, and doing their DIY thing. So, uh, they send it like that. And then you have to ask the record label, have they got one without? And then hopefully you get that. If they then see that someone decent's mastering it, then you can start that relationship, which is the key for a mix engineer, really, to get a relationship going with a mastering guy so that you know how the mastering guy likes stuff. And then you can always get a better sound because they know you, they know what you're after. Mm -hmm. They can chat to you, tell you what to change, what to tweak and um, you'll get a better sound at the end. That makes a lot of sense. Like starting that conversation with your mastering engineer and you know sticking to someone that you know and you trust. So I have to ask you, Streaky, what is uh, what are some examples of some of your favorite projects that you've received? As far as like, not favorite as in like the music that you liked, but that was just absolutely perfect with how you wanted it. And what did they do, I guess? I suppose, it's a hard one, but I suppose that it's uh, something that has got a lot of space that's what I like the most. When a mix comes in, there's loads of space for me to work. I don't mean as in space, like I just said, where it's leaving like minus five or something in the top in, you know, headroom. In more space in the mix. So things that are have got, say, five or six instruments happening, but they're all doing the right things in the right frequency ranges so that there's space between them. Because as you start pushing the mix and getting it, that's how you get it loud. That's how you get it sounding open is by having space between the instruments to be able to then, as they start pushing together, as you start going louder, there's still space there and you don't have to kind of start carving into the mix to to create that perceived space because space in a mix is really what makes it sound good and makes it sound loud and you can hear each individual instrument the way it's supposed to sound rather than throwing loads of stuff into the mix and loads of effects and loads of th things on top just to try and get a decent sounding mix that to me just is a mess yeah so for me so for me i really like music that's open and and the, all the instruments sound lush and nice and yeah. how they should should sound really absolutely absolutely and i know that you have uh later i want to talk a little bit more about the mastering courses that you have online that you started up recently yeah. Um, but uh, while we're talking about this, I want to know, um, and you've talked about this briefly, briefly in the past with your in your social media and your YouTube, but how do you feel about mix engineers mastering their own music? I'm happy with that. I'm fine with that. I think yeah. that uh, mix engineers, like I said earlier, they're going to do it because they want to hear what it's going to sound like. A lot of times if they're presenting their mix to an A&R guy, he's not, you know, they're not technical. They're not thinking... Um, well, yeah, this is going to be mastered and they have that sound in their head of how it's going to sound when it's mastered. So a lot of times there, a lot of spec mixes and things happen. So you're going to try and bang up to get it as loud as, as a normal mix. If you're not, if you can't afford to go to a mastering engineer straight away, then of course you're going to sort of DIY it yourself, get it to a level yeah. so that you get the mix through 
and then you know hopefully then the label's going to splash out and go to you know a decent mastering engineer yeah, and I've noticed that across your videos, you've been actually one of the most optimistic guys about um, having mix engineers master and like Lander and stuff like that. And you, I think in one of your videos, you said like, "I love Lander because it makes me look good." <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I mean, there's not if I get a reference in from someone it, it, and I can go against that, then at least I can, you know, show off my skills and then hopefully impress them, and then you build a client that way, don't you? Absolutely. And I have a quick question for you, but what do you think, uh, where do you think the importance of mastering engineers and mixing engineers will be, you know, 10, 20 years down the future? Do you think that the, the, our jobs will become more and more valuable, more important over the years? Uh, I think that they have become more well known in the last, since I started 25 years ago, no one really knew what a mastering engineer was unless you were in the industry. If you were part of a label or you were a decent sized producer, then you would know what a mastering engineer was because before then it was just a somebody who was transferring the mix to vinyl or to CD or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. medium it was going to. So that's kind of going from there. It's developed into more of an uh, a thing that people know they need you can be more creative with it these days yeah and um and so i think that's going to carry on i think there's there, people are always going to want bespoke things so they're always going to want someone to mix it or someone to master it uh you know and have human ears on it so that they can get stuck in and understand you know from a human's perspective the feel and the sound and all that but and then there'll also be um, AI versions, which there are at the moment, like Lander and things. And I think there's space for that too. Because if you haven't got the budget to get bespoke mastering done, then you're going to need something just to, if you haven't got the skills either to do DIY, then slap it into Lander or something like that. And it's going to give you a okay. So it's going to get your level right and, and yeah, things, isn't it? And I'm sure level. that'll get better. I'm sure it'll get better. But, yeah, um, absolutely. But I think, yeah, everyone is, you know, Everyone always wants bespoke things, don't they? When you get to a certain level. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree with that. Um, so I do actually want to spend some time talking about your new online course um, and have you talking about what we can. I mean, at me as a mix engineer, I always believe that sometimes, as you said, I need to have finished products sent to my clients. But as much yep. as I can, I prefer to send all my mixes to a professional mastering engineer. But again, sometimes clients just want a finished product to hold them over or whatever like that. So I do think that your mastering class might be something beneficial for our listeners. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and what you're offering and what's going I definitely on. And agree. I definitely agree with that 100%. It's definitely all your listeners should definitely take my course. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like, tell us about the course. What is it? How long is it? Where is it found? So it's eight weeks long. You do each week, you go through a different process. So for example, first week, I'm teaching you how to listen, what to listen for, how I listen, what reference tracks I listen to, why I listen to them, how I, what I like. So it's kind of setting you up. Mm. And then then I go through the second week is um, how your room set up. So not only your ears, uh, but how is your room set up? What's What are the really quick wins on getting a good sounding room? How, you know, moving stuff around. For most people that take the course, they, they think they're coming in just to watch me EQ, but they find that week two where I'm talking about their room yeah. and sorting out their rooms. And they come on the Facebook group, show pictures of the rooms and everyone chips in. 
and you know people are brutal but they get um you know they get a lot out of it because a lot of them have ch completely changed their rooms around and then they can suddenly hear the music because with mastering or mixing it doesn't matter what equipment you're using and it doesn't matter what speakers you've got if your room's bad you might as well be on headphones and you know so so even just to get your room set up so you're sitting in the right sweet spot you've got symmetry things like that all the basic stuff covered off that's super important um even before we get into then okay what do i do with dynamics what to you know so there's a whole week on compression and limiting and dsing and that kind of stuff and what i use why i use it how i use it and and for me it's not really teaching people boring theory because that's not what I'm about. I'm about, okay, I work as a mastering engineer every day. This is what I do. This is what I use. This is what I've found works most of the time. And this is how I use it most of the time. So here you go. I don't, you know, there's no point in me showing people, okay, that, you know, boring stuff because it's, you can see that anywhere. You can go onto people's manuals and see how a compressor works, but it's how does that work in the real world? And is it any good? So I've kind of, over the years, gone through all the different types of EQs, all the different types of compressors, obviously hardware and software. And so I know what I like and I know what most other engineers are using. So it's like, okay, well, this is what everyone's using. So this is what I'll teach you on. Absolutely. That's awesome. Again, like I think that it's really, really valuable. And I think it's awesome that you're doing it. Is it all online? Yeah, so it's all online. So, yeah, so it's basically... Um, sort of clumps of videos every week. So some weeks are longer than others. Obviously, when I'm talking about EQs, that goes, you know, that's uh, quite a lot of videos. Mm -hmm. And when I'm going through, um, when I'm EQ in a track, so I'm putting it all together, EQ in a track, and then I'm, uh, you then get the track, you see what I've done, you then do it, you then put it in the Facebook group, we chat about it, blah, blah. So those videos are a lot longer as well on those weeks, you know, because it takes, it takes between half an hour and, and an hour to master a track so obviously as i'm talking through it it takes a little bit longer too so yeah absolutely so you can uh, so it's sort of spread out over eight weeks on purpose because everyone wants to jump to the bit where i'm mastering obviously <laughs> but if you haven't done all the basics and haven't had that time to let everything sink in and understand my process and how i set up my door and how you can set up so it's really quick and templates and things like that then by the time you get to mastering, it's actually quite simple and easy because everything slots into place. Absolutely. And I can already see the value just from week one where you're talking about how to listen. I mean, just that alone is probably so valuable to anybody that's listening to the episode right now. Like anybody. Yeah, it's, that, that, it's a mindset. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, And as a mix engineer, because you're coming as a mix engineer, it's a totally different way of thinking because you're thinking from an individual instrument point of view. How does that sit with that instrument? How does the frequency on that work? I'm you're thinking about, um, you know, the compression of a vocal or something like that, and I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm thinking about the veneer of the whole song. So it's trying to mix and master at the same time is so hard, and I know that because I used to be, you know, I used to write music and produce music, so I know how difficult it is to get your head out of that. Still listening to how the bass guitar is coming off the, you know, whatever. So it's like I'm. I'm not listening like that. And so it's like teaching people to learn how to get into a mastering head rather than a mix head. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is amazing and so valuable to everybody 
um, and especially to the people listening right now, I mean, go check out Streaky online. Streaky not only has, Streaky Mastering has a YouTube channel with awesome, valuable content um, meant from a mastering perspective, but is also super valuable for mix engineers. Um, Streaky also has a Twitter. Is it at Streaky Mastering? Is that right? Uh, at Streaky. At Streaky. Um, yeah. And uh, an Instagram account. Um, yeah. And what's the ad on the Instagram account again? That's Streaky Mastering. At Streaky Mastering. Yeah, and as well, Streaky has a so many uh, sources of information. He is creating content all the time. And I just love everything that he's that he does and all the value that he brings to the community you guys need to check out his stuff and all the information that he's providing cheers thanks a lot if you're uh, if anyone listening wants to um do the course then hit me up and i'll give you a bit of a discount from the podcast awesome awesome and what again what is the 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 website for the course uh just go to streaky.com and you'll see it there streaky.com hit them up with an email send them send them say that you're from mixing music and uh, he'll lift you up with a discount. Thank you so much, Streaky. You have a great night. Okay, no worries. Nice one, thanks. One, two, three. This episode of Mixing Music with DK has been brought to you by LaunchPod Media. If you want to start a podcast, make sure to start it right with LaunchPod Media. There are so many amazing free plugins available for download right now to help you with your production and mixing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash plugins to download and get access to a bunch of free and premium plugins on Plugin Boutique. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.